Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Metcast, the podcast of Manchester Metropolitan University. With the world coming together for COP26 in Glasgow to find solutions to combat climate change, we'll be taking a look at some of the issues facing the planet. In this episode, we look at the vital role the Amazon forest plays in capturing carbon and what needs to be done to save it. We spoke with Dr Alex Lees, a researcher from Manchester Metropolitan, who has spent several years working in the Amazon to learn more about how best we can protect it. Dr Lees has also contributed to a major new report being launched during COP26, bringing together experts from all over the world to look at different aspects of Amazon sustainability. We started our chat off discussing this new report from the organisation The Amazon We Want. Let's get started. So the reports on Togeny, of development, if you like, uh, it was sort of in the wake of the Amazonian fires crisis, which hit global headlines in 2019. Uh, and there was a notion that something had to be done. So there was a large team of sort of Amazonian, well, Amazonian experts, if you like, academics working in various different disciplines, but all sort of within this focal region. Uh, tried to well, went out to basically synthesize all the knowledge we have about the basin, everything from the underlying geology to, you know, understanding what different actor groups do in the basin to cataloguing biodiversity and biodiversity loss to try and basically create a roadmap for how we can move forward. So sort of the subtext of the report is sort of the Amazon we want. That's the essentially the, the, the website's address even, but it's trying to move past it, well, move away from this a sort of current biodiversity loss disaster which is happening in the basin uh, and which sort of directly fuels climate change through uh, loss of all this uh, arboreal carbon locked up in trees and then that sort of has this sort of synergistic interaction then with, with biodiversity loss on the ground too. So you and colleagues across the world have, have come together to bring your combined knowledge to how we can take next steps to address the loss of the Amazon basin. And when you say the Amazon basin, I mean what is that exactly, sorry? So the Amazon, I mean, people often think of it as exclusively Brazilian, but of course it it covers, you know, various different nation states sort of. You've got parts of well, uh, the largest chunks in, in Brazil, but also parts of Bolivia, parts of Peru, parts of Colombia, parts of Ecuador, parts of the, the, the Guianas as well. So French Guiana, for instance. So, you know, it's sort of multiple uh, nation states. But again, the, the sort of largest chunk uh, of the Amazon within Brazil. And it's where uh, arguably a lot of these problems have been, you know, the, where the highest rates of deforestation have been. But also sort of emerging new deforestation frontiers cropping up in, for instance, in southeast Peru, parts of Colombia. Colombia as well. So, I mean, it's not uniquely a Brazilian Brazilian issue, but it, in many ways, it's kind of predominantly a Brazilian issue and especially fomented by uh, recent politics as well. The, the sort of the, the most recent Brazilian president has seemed to have adopted quite an anti-environmental stance. And that essentially has given the sort of green light to a lot of the deforestation that's perhaps happened, where, whereas some of his predecessors have been sort of much tighter on, uh, on activities against sort of uh, people acting illegally. And just to break it down shortly, why why is the Amazon so important to the climate or climate change in general? And uh, secondary, which we'll move on to, is <clears throat> why does deforestation affect that so much? So, well, the Amazon is the, the largest global repository of biodiversity because it is the largest tropical forest in the world. So within that biodiversity, the, the, ar- the arboreal, the, the component of trees of that biodiversity, locks away one of the planet's largest stores of, of uh, above ground carbon. So uh, loss of Amazonian forest translates into carbon dioxide being released into the atmosphere. And so the Amazon is it's a risk of becoming a sort of a net in many areas, becoming a net sort of carbon exporter rather than a system which is sucking up carbon. 
So forest loss obviously means that carbon isn't being sequestered and is being released into the atmosphere. Uh, And then forest degradation from fires, for instance, and from logging also reduces the capacity of the forest to to take in uh, more carbon. And then notwithstanding those sorts of impacts, and even if the Amazon were left alone from now on, climate change still is having impacts on Amazonia, which which through, uh, for instance, desiccation. So parts of the southeast are becoming drier and drier. So a lot of the trees are under thermal stress and they're, and they're dying. So that, again, means more tree mortality, means more carbon. And we get this sort of vicious cycle where as the climate shifts, then the, the, the sort of the very ecology of, of the basin shifts. And we, we may go, you know, towards sort of a, a drier state, uh, which will ultimately lead to potentially quite large sort of die off of forest and, and a change in that forest uh, from, its, from its current state. Brilliant. And that's, that's a really kind of clear answer. And, I, you know, that vicious cycle thing wasn't something necessarily I, I'd appreciated before. And in terms of the deforestation, then I guess its role is essentially really just adding fuel to the, the, the fire in terms of releasing more carbon. Yeah. So fundamentally, we are releasing carbon, which is locked up and we're stopping the further deposition of carbon, which might happen if the forest is left alone. So there's huge potential for for, for restoration of large areas which are currently abandoned land on, on Amazonia. And a lot of that restoration is happening passively, if you like, because of what we call secondary forests. So, you know, uh, people have historically deforested an area and then for whatever sort of economic reason have given up on that land. And what comes back is what ecologists call secondary forest. And this regrowth is sequestering lots of carbon. But in, in some areas, that forest, again, has been been knocked back and transferred back into agriculture. Or in other areas, you know, we're, we're deforesting primary areas, areas of primary forest, which which store more carbon than, than secondary forest. And if it was a, the case of, well, we have to move forward, we have to develop some of these areas. And to be honest, it'd be much better to develop areas which are already open or, or already degraded and improve those areas rather than sort of reaching further into these areas of the, sort of the primary, the old growth forest um which, you know, stores more carbon and houses more biodiversity, for instance. And uh, I mean, often the, the Amazon or the, the, the basin as well has been described as kind of like the Earth's lungs, if you will. Where are we now? We, the, the Earth's lungs have got a chesty cough. And... Yeah, so it's, it's a, bit, a, bit, a bit of an apocryphal statement, that one. So it's probably not the Earth's lungs in, in, in the sense that the, the, whether or not there are trees there won't contribute to total amount of global oxygen. But I mean, it is the Earth's lungs in terms of helping, in terms of sequestering carbon and removing carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. So to that extent, it's not, again not having a direct impact on, on global levels of oxygen, but can certainly regulate global climate because of both sequestration of carbon dioxide, but also the way in which the Amazon sort of cycles precipitation, cycles water vapor, uh, and basically sort of generates these. Well, essentially, they're like monsoon rains, which in the wet season sort of roll south into some of the most important agricultural lands uh, in the southern cone of South America. So in southern Brazil and Argentina and Paraguay, for instance. And without Amazonia, there would be no monsoon rains there. And we wouldn't be producing all the food which is produced there. So that's a major, major ecosystem service, which, you know, if we if the Amazon ceases to exist, then there simply won't be that precipitation cycling. There won't be those monsoon rains and agriculture would would collapse in, in, in Central South America. And yourself, Alex, obviously, you, you've spent many years and months actually in the Amazon researching these impacts and biodiversity loss. So tell me a little bit about what you've contributed to, to the report that's due out shortly. So I first visited Amazonia in 2003 and ended up starting uh, doing a PhD out there the next year. So 
I finished my PhD uh, and then eventually moved permanently to the region in, in 2010 and spent five years working at the Museo Parents Emilio Gelgi, which is a, a research institute in, in the, the city of Belém, uh, sort of close to the sort of mouth of the, the River Amazon, if you like, south of the uh, Malajar Island, and continued to work then uh, 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 with the Sustainable Amazon Network, which is a sort of large research consortium we set up to try and answer some of these big sustainability questions, how we balance sort of um, biodiversity conservation with ecosystem service provision uh, and economic development. So it's a lot of the work from, from sort of all of these different research inquiries has gone into the report. So I'm a, a co-author on, on four of these chapters, mostly focusing on sort of the current state of biodiversity uh, and the restoration potential uh, for these areas. And what are the next steps that the report comes to that we can do to solve some of the issues here? Obviously, that's kind of what COP26 is focusing on, getting the world together to come up with solutions. Solutions. What kind of is your report uh, suggesting? So obviously we need to, to uh, we need to reverse current deforestation, which I mean the Amazon's kind of become synonymous with deforestation over a while. But to be honest, it was deforestation had been going down from 2004 sort of all the way throughout 2012, 2013. We were on a really positive trajectory when people were talking about the end of deforestation. And then sort of political change has led to seeing those, those, those numbers sort of ranking up, uh, uh, up again. So sort of stopping deforestation is, is one thing, but also avoiding degradation is another. And there's lots of degradation which happens, for instance, fires escaping into the forest and burning areas that, that no one benefits from at all. So we need sort of policies to, to, to support the sort of the end of these uh, within within forest, forest fires. We need policies to stop to stop that happening. We, we either need to sort of end fire use in agriculture or just make sure that the fire use within agriculture doesn't end up provoking wildfires, for instance. And then there's many other impacts we sort of need to, to look into from from illegal trade in, in wild animals to impacts of, of hydroelectric dams. So being much more clever about how we're going to generate uh, renewable electricity in there. Huge impacts from from mining and lots of illegal wildcat mining, which go, goes on. So the sort of myriad uh, challenges, but but solutions for most of them, uh, and, and most of them are quite plausible. It just sort of takes the political will to deliver it, and probably also requires that the the rest of the world to step up as well to pay for some of these things to happen, which is you know part of the challenge. That's all for now. Your feedback on the podcast is always welcome, as are much needed review ratings and iTunes. So if you have a moment, please head there to let us know what you think. You can subscribe to your podcast on your preferred podcast platform. Until next time, goodbye.